treat for you this morning. We have our children's choir here under the direction of Miss Melissa and Debbie and some other helpers, I think, as well. So welcome them.
Okay, so I'm sitting down here where I normally sit, and they say to me, we need room for three adults. I said, I am an adult, but they made me move anyway. 
Let's hear it for the boys and girls. For those of you that are wondering, wondering, not wandering, wondering, it is two days, 13 hours, 18 minutes, and 41 seconds until we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Amen. If you're visiting with us today, we are thrilled that you are here. If you are visiting with us for perhaps the first time, you should have been given a, a great big red card, a connect card. Uh, we'd ask that you fill that out, put it in the offering plate, or just leave it there on the pew if you want so we'll know who you are and where you're from and be able to celebrate you being with us and contact you during the week. If you did not get one of those big red uh, connect cards, there should be a white one in the pew in front of you. And we would ask that you uh, fill that out as well. Our guest speaker today is Kevin Scott. Kevin needs no introduction, so I won't give him any introduction. That's not true. Uh, Kevin is family, and we're glad that he's here with us today, and we anticipate a great message from him because he's the child of the king, and king's kids always bring good news. Let's have a word of prayer, then we're going to stand and greet one another. By the way, if you have purple on, and you're not in the choir during this moment when we greet, can, can they come join or should they wait a while? I don't know. Either way, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day and for your watchful care over us. What a blessed day it is, Father, to be here with you, to be here with family, to be here with friends, to celebrate the birth of of our Savior. Father, we anticipate great, great things because you're a great, great God. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand and greet one another. Let's sing together.
like to take a moment before uh, Brother Lee comes to uh, pray over our offering. I want to welcome a special guest today, Ms. Donya Neighbors, sitting in on the flute. Today, she is a... She and her family are from Jasper. Donya is one of my piano students and plays flute and uh, super talented, so we're going to hear her play in just a moment. Uh, also, her family from Jasper, uh, they love attention. No, I'm just kidding. This is, <laughs> this is Eddie and Amy. That's her mom and dad, and then her favorite brother, Drew, also a drummer uh, as well, so a very musical family. We served together in Jasper for a number of years, and so thankful that you guys came down here to be with us uh, the Sunday before Christmas and share uh, your lovely daughter with us. So. Uh, welcome the neighbor's family as uh, Brother Lee comes up. As the ushers come, we're going to take our morning offering. In the pew in front of you, there is a bright colored envelope. It says, Your Gift Transforms Lives, IMB. That's the International Mission Board. Every year, uh, Southern Baptists take a special offering, a Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We have a couple of more weeks that you can give to that, our goal for Eastwood Baptist is $3,000. And if you plan on giving to that Lottie Moon Christmas offering, be sure to use this envelope. Everything else will go into the, the normal uh, fund of our services. Let's pray. Father, what an opportunity it is today to serve you in so many fashions as we preach, as we pray, as we sing, as we give. Father, what an opportunity to give back to you what you've given to us. We can never outgive you. We can never even come close to, to matching it. Father, it just can't be done. But Father, we want to, and we want to do it joyfully. We pray that you would receive it as we give it. In Jesus' name, amen.
stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's
That was awesome. All right, turning your Bibles, Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Merry Christmas. Hope you guys are having a good Sunday so far. You braved the rain to be here. That song that Allison just sung, that Josh sung so well last week, is my favorite Christmas song. Oh, holy night. It, it's got a line in the first verse. It says, long lay the world in sin and error pining. So the world is laying in sin, so it's separation from God and error. And it said this word pining. It's, pining is not a word we use a lot in our daily language. So I looked up what does that word pining mean. And the word pining means uh, to suffer to suffer physically or mentally, and it says specifically or especially because of a broken heart. So it's talking about that we're, the world is laying in sin and there's error and we're suffering and we're broken hearted, and then it has this line, I loved it, it says, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And then it's got that next line, a thrill of hope. That's what we're talking about this morning because it really is what the Christmas season is all about, that there is something so thrilling about hope, something really special about hope. Uh, how many of you have seen the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Okay, now surprisingly I had not seen that movie until last year, but it quickly became one of my favorite Christmas movies. So if you haven't seen it, let me kind of paint the scene for you. It opens very different than most movies would today. It opens with a scene of a bunch of people praying. And it's men and women and boys and girls, and it goes from house to house, and they're all praying, and they're praying for this man named George Bailey. And then it moves from the scene of them praying, and it goes to the scene of the stars and the heavens, and there's a conversation between a couple angels. And they're saying, we've got to send somebody to help George Bailey. And they said, all right, who... Who's the next angel in line? And one of them says, well, it's a guy named Clarence. And that worried them a little bit because they said, Clarence, he's got the IQ of a rabbit, but the faith of a child. And so they say, all right, we'll send him anyway. So they call on Clarence. Clarence comes over and they said, Clarence, there's a man on earth and he needs our help. And Clarence said this, oh no, is he sick? And this is what they answered. They said, no, it's worse than that. He's discouraged. You know, is there anything in life worse than being discouraged? And discouraged really is. It's a sense of hopelessness. It's a sense of people looking for hope. And the hope that we're talking about is the hope that we get to celebrate this morning. It's the hope of Christmas, of a baby born in Bethlehem. So if you look... In Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's really interesting. It's describing Jesus that we celebrate in just a couple days. But it's interesting because this scripture that says, unto us a son is born, a, ch a child is born, a son is given, it was actually written 700 years 
before Jesus ever arrived as a baby in the manger. So 700 years before, it's actually one of more than 100 prophecies. If you're new to this church saying, let me explain this, a prophecy is something that was written hundreds of years ago. It was told way in advance about this Savior that was going to come and it was going to save us from our sins. And it was all of these qualifications, all of these checkboxes that Jesus would have to be. And he became every single one of them. And it's interesting here because 700 years before they told us about the hope that was coming. And now 2,000 years after Jesus, the hope that they waited for is the hope that we still celebrate today. It's the hope we have of salvation, and it's the hope we have of eternal life. Let's pray. God, thank you this morning for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for the salvation that is only possible through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for this season. God, I pray that over the next few minutes, God, that we, would, we wouldn't be distracted. God, we wouldn't be thinking about all the things going on, but God, for just a few minutes... God, we'd focus on the meaning of Christmas. We'd see not only a baby in Bethlehem, but God, we'd see the Savior who was sent specifically for us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's a lot of people looking for hope in a lot of different places. They're searching for a hope. They're trying to find something that they can hold on to. So if you're taking notes this morning, I want to give you two biblical principles about hope, and I want to talk about three areas where God gives us hope in this season. So two biblical principles, two principles about hope, and then three areas where we can have hope in this Christmas season. The first principle, you got to know this about hope, because a lot of times we think hope is just this feeling, it's something we're, we're kind of looking for, it's this fleeting emotion, it's some uh, promise that some politician is peddling. Hope is not that. Hope is something that God provides for us directly. In fact, Romans fifteen thirteen says this, that God, the God of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him that you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Here, got to hear this first principle of hope this morning. God is both the supplier of hope and the source of hope. So God is the source. Of, in fact, it says the God of hope, but if you actually look in the New Living Translation, I like this one. It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy. So the hope comes from God. He's the source. But then he's also the supplier. It says that as he fills you, that you then will overflow. It says you'll overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So first of all, hope comes from God. He's the source and he's the supplier. The second principle of hope this morning, I like this one. Hope is not based on probabilities but it's based on the promises of God. It's not something that we kind of hope the odds work, we, we hope that things happen in our favor, but hope is based on promises that God gives us in his word. Romans also says, I like this, Romans 5.5, 5, now hope does not disappoint. 
A lot of people looking for hope, a lot of places that's disappointing. But Romans says, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God is the source of hope. He gives it to us, comes from him. He's the supplier of hope. So he gives it to us so that we can overflow to others. And then God's hope is not based on probabilities, but his promises. I want to talk about three areas that we have hope this morning. I won't be long, but I want you to understand that whatever you're looking for this morning, you will find in the hope of Jesus. The first one right here is this, that God provides us hope for salvation. He provides us hope for salvation. Matthew one twenty one. I love, so Luke is probably, Luke 2 is just my favorite Christmas story. You know, I've, if you had to pick one you want to read it in, I, I just love the way that goes. But Matthew one twenty one says this, And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So she's going to bring forth a son, his name is Jesus, and he'll save the people from, our sin, from their sins. The hope we have first is the hope of salvation. You know, maybe you came in here this morning because that's what you do on Sundays. You go to church and this is where you go. Or maybe you came because you have a friend that goes here or a family member that goes here or you have a kid that was performing and so you wanted to come see them. Maybe you just came somewhere this morning because you drove by and you saw a sign and you were looking for somewhere. I don't know why you're here, but I'm going to tell you that every single one of us needs the hope of salvation that's offered only through Jesus Christ. Let me make this as simple as I can. Jesus Christ was born because we were separated from God. See, this is really the the whole gospel. Christmas is about the gospel story. It's about the fact that as humans, God created us so that he could have a relationship with us. And then we sinned. That means we, we did things that were against God, and because we did that, there was separation between us and God, and so God wanted to create a way. In fact, that whole Old Testament, this whole part of your Bible over here is filled with stories of God and his people and him pursuing them and them having to make sacrifices to find a way to get to him and them having to go through these other people that they called priests where they would go to the priest and the priest would go to God and they would go to the priest and the priest would go to God and God said you know what I don't want to do that anymore I want to provide a way for you to come directly to me where there's no more separation and so he sent his son Jesus Christ to stand in the gap. So he came, he filled all the boxes, all the prophecies. He was born of a virgin in a town called Bethlehem. He lived a sinless life. He went to a cross and he died so that you and I could be saved. Some of you think about the greatest Christmas gift you've ever had. I can tell you there's no better Christmas gift than the salvation of Jesus Christ. Some of you this morning, I don't know why you're here, but I hope before you leave here that you would decide to accept the gift that Jesus gave you. 
The gift that he gave you through his son. That seriously, that you wouldn't walk out of here. I know right now you're thinking about, I've still got to get that list and I've got to cook for this thing. And they're coming over and, oh, I can't believe I've got to see her again this year. And all the things that are on the list and all the things going on. Here's what I hope just for a minute you'd say you wouldn't miss that this whole season is about salvation. That God offers you an opportunity for a relationship with him. And in a few minutes when Eric comes back up here and the band plays, I hope that you would make a decision today to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you wouldn't miss out on the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. So number one, God gives us the hope of salvation. So the hope comes from God. He's the source. He's the supplier. It's based on his promises. And he's the hope for salvation. A lot of you say, I've got that. Check, Kevin, I did that, got the salvation. But the truth is that a lot of people in this room and around the world are hurting. So the second thing that God offers us hope for is he offers us hope in the midst of our hurt. You come in here this morning and there's a lot of hurt going on. The doctor's report doesn't look good. The financial statement is bad. The dream hasn't worked out. The success hasn't happened. The job isn't what you hoped it'd be. The loss of a spouse is lonely. Maybe it's the spouse you prayed for that you've never had. Maybe it's the the spouse that you married and you thought it was going to be a dream, but it turned into a nightmare. Maybe it's the the family, it's, it's the child that you long for, that you don't have, that you've always wanted, or maybe it's the child that God gave you that's wandered away. I don't know what it is. There's a hope, there's a hurt, and there's something that has eluded you that you're looking for, and the problem is that even Christians are oftentimes looking for hope in the wrong place. In fact, one of the things that's most heartbreaking to me is that this morning, Across the country, there will be people who this time of year are more open to the gospel than any other time. And they'll be flocking in places. They'll pour into churches they wouldn't go to any other time of the year except maybe Easter. And they're looking for a hope. And instead of getting the hope they really need, they're going to stand and listen to preachers on pulpits that are peddling some personal development process. Are they going to be listening to a bunch of smoke trying to stir up some spiritual element? Are they going to see performances of the flesh on stage and instead they're going to get the newest marketing strategy and slogan and scheme of the church trying to reach them when what they really need is the hope only offered in Jesus Christ? They need a church where Jesus is lifted up and it says it's not about any of this, it's only about him. Because hope really is Jesus. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. But the problem is they're looking for hope in the wrong places. Now, my dad will get real uncomfortable because he, he wouldn't like for me to call him out. But, you know, growing up, my dad did not watch a ton of TV. It wasn't, you kind of get this uh, stereotypical picture of, Men in America, you own the kind of the big recliner and you're propped up and you got the remote. That was not uh, true for our family. It just wasn't. My dad didn't do a lot of that. There were a couple exceptions where some shows or movies he really liked. 
One of those was a movie called Lonesome Dove. Now, some of you got more excited about that than the scripture reading. We need to check the heart here for a second. So I have not seen it all the way through, but I feel like I've seen bits and pieces of it, pieces of it hundreds of times. This afternoon, Laura and George and I will get on the road. We'll head down to see her mom and McCray, and there will be some cowboy show on TV. Most likely, Lonesome Dove will make an appearance over the next couple days. In Lonesome Dove, there's a cowboy, the great Augustus McRae, Gus, and in one part of it, he's talking about another cowboy in it named Jake Spoon. And Jake had been promising Lorena that he was going to lead her away. He was going to take her from the dusty town of Lonesome Dove to San Francisco where her heart really longed to be. And Gus, Augustus says this about Jake. He had one of favorite line, what great line in a movie. He said, any wind will blow him. But he also says this, I like this. He said, Jake's too leaky of a vessel to put much hope in. Jake's too leaky of a vessel to put much hope in. The book ended up going on to say, but all vessels leak to some degree. A lot of people have misplaced hope. They've put the hope in a person. Some of you put a hope in a preacher. Some of you put a hope in a president, a thing, um, a job, a promotion, a title, an image, a college degree. You're putting hope in something that ultimately will let you down. But the true hope is when we put our hope in Jesus Christ. I like this in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, says, blessed be the God... Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. I want you to listen to how many times it says comfort. The God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God of comfort comforts us. We can comfort others with the comfort that God gave us. If we want to give hope to a world that's hurting, if we need hope when we're hurting, the hope only comes from God. And so God, the source of hope, the supplier of hope, God that gives us hope based on his promises, gives us hope for salvation, it gives us hope for the hurting, and lastly, it gives us hope for our future. You know, growing up, I grew up here at this church. So I grew up in the Southern Baptist tradition. I love, uh, so when I think about Annie Armstrong and Lottie Moon, those were things I was very familiar with. Growing up as a Baptist, a couple things we didn't do that I've, uh, other groups I see do, we didn't do Lent, really, and we didn't do a lot with Advent. Um, And so Advent, I have really, over the last couple years, I started to really like this tradition of Advent, this idea of preparing your heart for Christmas as it goes up. Now, when I was younger, I didn't have any problem preparing my heart for Christmas because my heart was really excited about the presents that were coming. Anybody else like that? You, were, you didn't have a lot of trouble getting excited about it. For us, when uh, my dad would be at the fire department, we'd do cr- presents on Christmas Eve. But if he was off both days, how many fire firemen back here you guys know this tradition you guys know this works but if we didn't if he was off both days we opened most of our presents on Christmas day but 
we got to open one present on Christmas Eve. Anybody else get to do that? And it was like the best appetizer of all time. It just, it got you, you open one gift and it got you so excited for all the others that were going to come. It was interesting that getting that gift didn't in any way diminish the excitement about what was going to come. It just made us more excited for what was happening in the future. The problem for a lot of Christians is we've received a gift and we've stopped being excited about the future. Some of you are in here this morning and you have bought a lie from the devil that the past is better than the future. And some of you this morning, you say, no, you know, I remember what it was like. The word of God says what's ahead is better than what's behind. So if you don't believe that, you're not believing what the Bible says. That may not make you very excited or happy, but that's the truth. You know, how many of you, do you ladies remember McCall Magazine? Do you remember McCall Magazine? In 1956... This is for Brother Lee this morning. In 1956, <laughs> not McCall Magazine, but in 1956, they hired, McCall Magazine hired at that time America's greatest painter. Who was that? Norman Rockwell. And they commissioned him to do a painting for the December 1957 issue of McCall Magazine. He didn't do it that next year. It actually took him 11 years to do the painting. It ended up coming out, I think it was in 1967. And it was one of these most iconic paintings. It was this horizontal cityscape called Main Street. It's called Main Street. It was very iconic. He had other uh, artists help him with it. And it's actually a painting of a real-life city of Stockbridge, Massachusetts. And, you know, to this day, 50 years later, every year, Stockbridge, Massachusetts recreates this scene so that people can go back and experience what it was like more than 50 years ago. A lot of people are looking for something from the past. Do you know that the Hallmark Channel says that they own Christmas? And the reason they say they own Christmas not in a, a negative way, they just say they own it because the, they have the largest demographic of people that watch the Hallmark Channel this time of year. In fact, if you are a female between the ages of 25 and 54, some people are, some men are looking at their wives like, oh, I, I can't believe I've had to watch this. If you're a female between the ages of 25 and 54, if you go home today and turn on the TV, the channel you are most likely to watch is the Hallmark Channel. In fact, if just overall, there are more people that will watch that than any other one. And we know how all the movies end. They end the exact same way. It's the same storyline. I'm like, wasn't he in the last movie? It's the same people in most of them. They just kind of shuffle them around and, you know, it's, it's kind of the deal. But, and they do it now from October through the first of the year. And I think they even do like Christmas in June or July now. So, because a lot of people are looking for this nostalgia, this, this feel-good story, this something that's going to make them happy. In the short term, I'm not knocking Hallmark Channel, so just for the record. But 
we're a lot of times longing for something and we don't even know what it is. But God has told us what we really need. Colossians 1.27 this, says this, at the last part of that verse, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It starts off saying, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. What are the riches of this glory of the mystery? And it says the, the glory is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I want you to think about this morning. Don't think about anybody else. Just think about you as you walked in here. As you get ready for the chaos of Christmas sometimes. Or maybe it's not chaotic. Maybe you actually wish it was a little more chaotic. Because you remember what it was like when the kids were younger or when they still came over. Maybe the house is a little quieter now. And you just miss that magic of the season. And you're looking for some hope. Would you just remember this morning that God is the source of hope? That he supplies the hope and it's based on his promises. That today if you're apart from God, if you're lost, if you've never met him, that you would come this morning and say, I trust in Jesus as the hope of my salvation. Maybe that's what you need to do. Maybe what you need to do this morning is you've come in and you're hurting And you need to come down and just find Jesus. And remember again that Jesus is the source of the hope that can help you in the midst of your hurting. Or maybe lastly, you just honestly, you need a reminder that there is hope for a future that's better than your past. If you've bought the lie of the devil and the world that your past is better than your future, do not leave here this morning without focusing back on the fact that Jesus provides hope for us for the future. As the musicians come and play, I want you to think about this. I just want you to think about this idea of hope for a second. If you're looking for hope, just look back to Bethlehem. Look at the baby born in a manger If you've been focused on your problems, take your eyes off the problems and look back to Calvary. If you've got a physical problem, I've got good news for you. He's the great physician. If you've got a financial issue, he's the great provider. What I don't mean is some health and wealth, everything's going to be great. What I mean is that if you'll trust in him, he promised that he'd take care of his children. Are you anxious? What well, says he's the Prince of Peace? Are you depressed? He's the great comforter. Whatever your issue, are you lost? He's the Savior. Whatever issue you have this morning, there's hope, and the hope is in Jesus. And so my prayer is that you wouldn't walk out of here without focusing back on that hope that he provides. As you stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. How many of you this morning, would anybody in here be willing to say that you've come in and you've, you know about Christmas, you've known about Jesus for a while, but the truth is you've never had a real relationship with Jesus Christ. If you were to leave here today, you don't know for sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Is there anybody in here that would be honest enough to raise their hand this morning and say that? Anybody this morning? 
How many of you this morning would be honest enough to say that you put on the Christmas clothes, you put on a smile this morning, but the truth is there's some hurt going on. You're hurting this morning. How many of you would be, just raise your hand. See those hands? How many of you, just being honest, nobody looking around, would be honest enough to say that, you know what? Kevin, this morning, I've bought into the lie that the past is better than the future. Anybody in here? Be honest enough to say that. This morning, I pray that you would ask God to help you see a future that's better than your past because of the hope of Jesus Christ. God, thank you this morning for this church. Thank you for a church that for years has stood here, God, through ups and through downs, but proclaiming one thing that is central, and that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for a people in this church who love you, who, who God, are committed to the call you placed on their life, and God... I pray that you would use this church to be a light in this community, to show this community the hope of Jesus Christ. And God, I pray for me this morning. God, I pray that you would not allow me this Christmas to focus on the things that, that would rob me of hope, but God, you'd have me focus on you. In Jesus' name, amen. As they sing, if you need to come and reconnect with the hope of Jesus this morning, will you come? Maybe it's not you this morning, but you've got a friend or a family member that's hurting. You've got somebody, maybe it's a neighbor, somebody at this church that's hopeless, that, that, that is looking for something. Maybe today in this Christmas season, the greatest gift you could give them is intercession. You'd come and you'd call out their name to Jesus and ask God to show them the hope. If you've got somebody you want to pray for this morning, you can do it at your seat or come do that now as they sing another verse.
verse of invitation and encourage the rest of you that have made decisions privately to make them publicly. And if you're looking for a church home, come and visit with me. We can tell you how you can make Eastwood that place as we sing one more verse. Baptist Church where the gospel is preached. Amen? Did we hear it this morning? Amen. Thank you, Kevin. We appreciate what you shared with us. Announcements are in the bulletin. You can read. Please do. There's not a whole lot of things in the calendar that uh, have a date of December on them. All of them have January, so you read those and be ready uh, for what's going to happen after the uh, first of the year. We do have an update today from our uh, pastor search committee. And uh, Isaac, if you'd come and share that, please, sir. All right, real quick. Uh, I was going to thank everybody for their generosity for the youth and the donations that we received. It's a blessing to uh, see God work and move through all y'all's giving hearts. And it's a uh, God's going to do a lot of good things for these young men and women, and I'm grateful for it. And uh, I just thank you guys for your generous hearts, and I'm excited to see God work and move in these young men and women's lives. Um, they are the future, and uh, I'm excited to see what God's got in store. So I just want to thank you all for that before I uh, get started. Also, um, we have a lock-in for the middle school and high school on uh, January 3rd. That's the Friday before they go back to school. It's going to start at 6 o'clock, and we're going to be in the gym area. 
uh, we'll have food and all that for them. So just uh, FYI, the January 3rd, 6 o'clock. Um, so getting back to the pastor search, um, obviously it's the holidays, so we haven't, uh, we haven't met up in the past few weeks. Um, it's a crazy time of year, but we've been getting resumes and recommendations. So we've individually been going through resumes. We've been listening to uh, the pastors that have been recommended online individually, and uh, we will be meeting up after the first and get together, and uh, we'll have more information for you all and uh, some more names as well. And uh, if you all have any, uh, any more recommendations, just uh, pull one of us aside and just uh, give us information so that we can uh, look into it. And uh, that's where we're at right now. Do you have any other announcements? The process for the interim, Pastor. We have one more uh, minister that we'll hear from next week. And uh, then, uh, and correct me if I, I'm wrong, uh, deacons, I believe that they will then uh, bring to us as a church a recommendation of who uh, they would like, uh, that they would cons- want us to consider to be our interim pastor. So we have one more man to listen to next week, and then I think uh, maybe the following week or shortly thereafter, they'll be able to present a name for us as an interim uh, pastor. Any other announcements I refuse to give? Or maybe you need to give? Yes, ma'am. We will have church tonight. We will have church tonight. We will have church next Sunday night. Uh, you know, they've allowed me to, uh, to preach Sunday night and Wednesday night, and I'm going to take every shot I get. So, yes, we will have services tonight. Thank you for that. Let us stand and have a word of prayer. And, uh, Isaac, if you'll come and lead us in that dismissal prayer. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to come into your house, Lord, and uh, worship and honor and glorify you. Thank you for all the many blessings you provide for everybody in this room, Lord. Thank you for Brother Kevin's message this morning, Lord. I'm so blessed and grateful to uh, hear a man of God stand up and uh, speak your word, Lord. I'm just so blessed and grateful for all that you do for us, Lord. Thank you for this time of the year, Lord. Uh, This Christmas season is all about you, and the best gift that any of us could ever have is your son, Jesus Christ, Lord. I'm so blessed and grateful for your love, mercy, and grace. Be with everybody in this congregation as we go our separate ways, Lord. As we travel through the holiday season, Lord, just protect us, provide for us, keep us healthy and safe as only you can, and just help us honor and glorify you this season. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.